You are listening to Hydro Talks, a podcast from the global aluminium producer Hydro, setting out to explore the modern dilemmas for industry and society. Welcome to Hydro Talks. This is Craig Johnson from Hydro, and today we are looking into an important project to reduce climate emissions at our Alenorte Alumina Refinery in Brazil. The journey from raw material to finished aluminium begins with energy, and using energy from fossil fuels creates carbon emissions. Hydro's operations in Brazil start with bauxite, a common element in the ground. We extract bauxite at our mine in Paragominas and transport it to the Alenorte refinery in Barcadena, where it is converted into alumina, which is the main ingredient of primary aluminium. Refining bauxite into alumina takes a lot of energy, and currently Hydro is using fuel oil to power part of this process. This leads to a high amount of carbon emissions. And Hydro is now undertaking a project to convert this energy source to liquefied natural gas, a much cleaner fuel. The savings in carbon emissions will contribute a large share of Hydro's ambition to cut overall climate-related emissions by 30% by 2030. And with us here today to talk about the Alonorte fuel switch project is John Tuistad, head of Hydro's bauxite and alumina business, and Björn Chetl Maritzen, head of sustainability in Hydro. Welcome to you both. Uh, John, tell us about this uh, fuel switch project. What is the situation today, and what are we planning to do? You know, we have a fantastic opportunity in Brazil now to be first mover in the energy transition. As you know, we have one of the world's biggest alumina refineries. And in this refinery today, we are burning quite a bit of fuel oil, coal, and this creates the energy to, ca- to calcinate and to create the final product and to create steam for the process. Going forward, we need to look at this mix and change it to get it, you know, to fit a lower carbon footprint. And here we have established a project called Fuel Switch Project, where we are introducing LNG or natural gas as a substitute for the fuel oil. And I'm really happy to say that we have now established a principal agreement with New Fortis Energy as a supplier of LNG. And we have also a project team working on the infrastructure inside fence to get ready to transition from fuel oil to natural gas for steam production and for uh, calcination of our excellent alumina. This is a fantastic opportunity, and I'm so happy that we have both a good uh, supplier lined up, but also a fantastic team locally working on the transition. Okay, what kind of uh, timeline are we on? When is this going to, to happen? You know, this is a project that's been going on for a while, and this again shows the you know, hydro leadership in the industry. Uh, we started this project uh, some years ago, uh, and today uh, we are ready uh, you know, to, to, to start the transition inside fence. We have done all of the pre-work, and uh, as soon as we have the final pieces of the gas supply, and the regulations relative to the gas supply with the government, which I hope could happen this year, we will be ready to push the button, and then we will have the first gas sometimes 2023. 
Okay, how, how does the gas get there? Is it uh, is this uh, LNG on uh, on ships coming into a port and then being hooked up to our uh, operations there? How does that work? Yeah, th- this is this is a, a very good concept. You know, the, the LNG will come on big ships, and and the concept for uh, our uh, partner New Fortis Energy is then to establish a terminal in the river. Uh, which is already underway. I was in Brazil last week actually looking at uh, the project, talking to my supplier. Uh, so now they are full speed uh, building a, a system to receive gas from ships. And then they'll park a big ship in the river with an infrastructure where they can actually then receive the gas and then push the gas, changes to natural gas through a gasification unit and deliver that to us inside fence uh, for industrial application. Okay. Do you, did you have to do anything at, uh, at the Alonorte Aluminum Refinery to accommodate the switch? All of a sudden, there's natural gas coming into the plant. Yeah, that, that's a very big uh, project, which I have a lot of respect for, huh? because today, uh, the whole infrastructure, you know, with seven fuel oil-based steam-producing uh, boilers and seven calciners, we have to build an infrastructure that can transition to LNG gas with all of the implications. But, but again, here we have a, an excellent team, and we are now ready to push the button to start changing the infrastructure. Well, l- let me ask you, this has a, uh, a big effect on our overall carbon emissions, but is it, does it also improve the situation for the workers in the community? Is there a local environmental effect? This, this is a very good question. This is, this is bringing a lot of benefits. Uh, for us, uh, it's, it's reducing the carbon footprint, like you said, with more or less 1 million tons. So today we have 4 million tons of carbon emissions. This will take us down 1 million tons, which will happen very quickly before 2025. And Bjorn Chetel will most probably tell us a little bit about how this fits the bigger hydro uh, you know, ambition. But secondly, it will also improve the envi- environmental conditions for the local communities and our workers by reducing SOX with 78%, NOx with something like 40%, and uh, the, the um, particulate emissions, which to me is also tremendously good. So, so uh, I cannot wait actually to get this done. Well, let's go over to you, uh, Björn Schettel. What will uh, switching to this cleaner fuel source do for, for hydro? on our big macro level? Well, I think this is very important. And it also, I think, is a good illustration of how we work uh, on, on, on our ambitions uh, when it comes to, to reducing emissions. Because, as John says, this will the fuel switch in itself will take 600,000 out and then some other, uh, some other projects. So we might go all the way down to, to, to 1 million or up to 1 million in reductions. And this flows all the way through our value chain. So the, the emission reductions we are doing at Alunorte, which is the world's largest uh, aluminum refinery by far, uh, will also at the end of the day actually benefit our customers, those who actually buy our aluminium. And we see today that more and more customers 
are asking about what is the footprint, what is the carbon footprint of the aluminium that they are putting in, in their buildings, in their cars and other uh, appliances. So, so this is very important to kind of enable customers to reduce their footprint on the products that they're selling to their customers again. And, and this puts us in a very good position. We are already uh, among the best in the world and lowest footprint in the world on the aluminium we produce. And this will take it down even further. So for the whole hydro, this is really important because it all starts with alumina. Right. And this is a big part of this, uh, this overall goal that we have to cut 30% of our carbon emissions by 2030, company-wide. Yeah, so this is a this is a big chunk of that of that goal, right? Exactly. So 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 this this is the the, the cornerstone of Hydro's uh, CO2 emission reductions going forward to, towards 2030. Um, and the good thing is that Alunorte is already a very energy efficient uh, refinery. So even though we are using uh, fuel oil and coal now. Uh, on on the world average, it's it, it's it's really good. And when we now start to re- to to change the fuel mix, we will be much much lower than than the world average. And that will also support uh, the, the the smelters in, for instance, Norway. Uh, and as I said, customers are now asking more and more about this. And that's why this is a good project because we we are now able to kind of maintain and even strengthen our low carbon product portfolio uh, in in the markets. That's interesting. Is there going to be some sort of traceability in this? Will we be able to say that there's a certain uh, effect per ton of, of, of alumina? And as you mentioned, this goes to our our primary aluminium plants in Norway. So will they be able to say with some of their low carbon products that it's x percent lower carbon footprint or will it just be sort of like a a macro figure no no uh we are already supplying these kind of numbers to our customers through our brand reduxa which says we guarantee that the primary you you buy from from the norwegian smelters will not have more than four kilo co2 per kilo aluminium in it and that's quite good already the global average is 16 and a half so it's it's really one fourth of the global average but uh when you know, when we look at the, the overall ambitions towards 2030, uh, this will enable us to to push down towards two kilos of, of CO2 per kilo aluminium, uh, together with other uh, other things that we're doing uh, at the smelters and other parts of the value chain. And of course, this will give, I think this will give Hydro a competitive advantage and it will definitely ensure us market access also going forward because the overall target globally you know it's it's zero in 2050 and uh, we need to do do our bit but i think we are um we are now in a very good position to to maintain that leading position towards you know the ultimate goal of going to zero in 2050 okay Uh, let's just go back to some of the the local effects um you mentioned also that uh, this infrastructure is being built up in the port, and uh, that isn't just for us, uh, potentially. Uh, what, what kind of impact will this have on, on business and industry in the, uh, in the state of Pará, which is where Alenorte is located? Of course, this is extremely important for the whole region to get access to gas, because today we, today we have very, a lot of inefficient use of energy with generators, small industries, so... So when we get this uh, infrastructure in place, it will 
transition a lot of inefficient energy systems around, and we already see that new fortress together with the, the, the in a way the government is working to make this uh, a, a strong alternative. So to me, you know, enabling this, and, and we also have to remember that as part of this uh, LNG uh, supply, there's also a commitment to build a 600 megawatt, you know, uh, gas-fired power station, which will give uh, an opportunity for energy supply uh, for the local uh, uh, regional type of needs. What's really important here is also the, the support we have from, from let's say, uh, the government of PARA, you know, really, really understanding and, and, and uh, the importance for everybody to, to get this infrastructure in place. Yeah? So that, that, that's also extremely important for us, that this is kind of uh, a joint effort between you know, us as industrial players and the government of policy having a vision of transitioning in the region to a more efficient and better future. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like uh, that this switch to LNG for this one particular application is not the end of the story. Uh, there could be other energy in the fuel mix uh, later, and there could be other uh, benefits for the for the local uh, society. Uh, wh- what's going to happen maybe a little bit further down the road? Yeah. Uh, Craig, let's, let's recap. Uh, the, the LNG transition is first step on an improvement for us of 600,000 tons of carbon emission reduction. We already have the first electric boiler as a pilot that came in physically in one piece from Norway uh, a month ago, and it will be started up in January. With this boiler, plus two additional boilers, we'll have another 400,000 tons of carbon emissions reduction. So that's the million tons I talked about. Uh, Then, of course, when we create this infrastructure with the LNG, there will be a unique opportunity to start also looking at hydrogen replacing uh, the natural gas and giving, giving us a, like a future type of opportunity of taking our mission down to like Björn Chetelset to ag- towards the zero target of 2050. So, so these are important steps that we are making now of creating flexibility and opportunities. I also would like to say that we already today even though these 4 million tons of carbon emissions sounds big, we are one of the most efficient refineries in the world. With these steps that we are taking now, we will move forward and be the best refinery in the world, and then with additional kind of opportunities of electrification and gas use, uh, we, can, we can outperform most of the players also going forward in this. And that's what really really excites me that to take this leadership position. Huh? Thanks to both of you for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Greg. Thank you very much. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of Hydro Talks. Thank you for listening to Hydro Talks. Make sure to subscribe. If you have any feedback or comments, get in touch at podcast at hydro.com.